we need to be careful to make sure we're not doing something just for the sake of doing it, but doing something because we believe we should be doing it and be able to back it up. It's not according to whatever we feel like and whatever we think we're doing. It's according to the gospel. He's showing that the Lord is merciful and the Lord is he's loving. Welcome back to the Young America Show, where we love God, we love country, and we love truth. And uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking, well, it's more like a Bible study rather than a normal episode. It's going to be in uh, 1 Timothy, and we're just going to do the whole chapter. Just going to kind of talk about it and something, you know, a little different, but we thought we'd give it a try, because why not? Yeah, it's based off of what we did last week in our Bible study with our other buddy. And then we didn't have as much time this week, so we needed a shorter topic. So we were like, hey, let's try this. See how it goes. So, All right. Sounds like the plan. Verse 1 of First Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee, to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So, I mean, obviously, the first two or three verses are just introducing, like, the header of the letter. Like, today, we're like, dear mm-hmm. so-and-so, and then we start saying what we want, but they didn't do that back then, I guess. But, um, yeah. anyway, that's beside the point. And then verse 3 kind of starts getting into what he wants to say in this first chapter. Um, talking about that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. And yeah. then, you know, we continue on from there. Maybe you want to read the next three yeah. or four from there. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. From which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. All right, so that uh, <clears throat> he shouldn't basically shouldn't uh, listen to nonsense. Essentially, um, he's saying, <laughs> yeah. don't listen to fables, endless genealogies. So things that people make up, things that are not true, don't listen to them. Don't waste your time on them, and. Uh, yeah, and charge others not to, you know, yeah. teach those things as well. Because, like in verse, what is it, verse three, that thou might uh, charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Well, apparently there was an issue of others teaching a different doctrine, and he's saying, tell them, it's like, hey, wake up, don't teach that, and don't teach all the fables and all the stuff that sounds good or whatever. Teach what's actually true, and then do it. Out of a pure heart and a good conscience and out of faith unfeigned. And mm-hmm. in other words, sort of do it in the right spirit instead of the vain yeah. jangling, as it says in verse 6, from which some have, have having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. You know, and it's like, say what's true well, yeah. and don't just speak words that sound nice, but don't mean I anything. I mean, it's, it's there for a purpose. So he's telling Timothy, he's like, hey. You need to do this for a purpose because we don't want others to turn away from what we've been teaching and what we know is true. And yeah. you're just like, hey, just help everyone out, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But anywho. Yeah. And then verse 7 
says, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good, but if a uh but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing as contrary to sound doctrine. So right there, I mean, in the context, think about verse 6, which says, from which some, having swerved, having turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. It's kind of like, well, they just like speaking words. And mm-hmm. in this case, it's talking about the what is called the Judaizers and those that would teach the Old Testament law. And in addition to the new covenant or the gospel and saying stuff like well you not only need to be saved you also need to follow all these rules over here and they're saying that's not true and the law is great to help you realize that you're a sinner but the law isn't going to be what saves you that's well yeah you look at you look at those verses though and you see that in almost all of the epistles that paul writes in some shape or form there is some sort of you know teaching and just telling people it's like it's not by works it's not by whatever you know whatever you do it's obviously by Christ and what he has done but you look through all the all the epistles that he's written and most of the time that's always in there so this obviously is a recurring problem that he has to continually keep correcting and keep correcting and uh, he's teaching he's teaching timothy because timothy he goes to different churches and uh, things like that and so if you get you know the guy that helps you teach the other churches to uh get their head screwed on right then you know it kind of helps your situation out a little bit yeah but uh verse 10 for hum, for well, ugh, English, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for prejured persons, and if there be any other things that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which is committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Um, so verse ten is talking about the law and those that don't mm-hmm. keep the law, yeah. right? Um, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Um, so Paul's saying the gospel. It's well, it just says glorious gospel, so it's it's glorious, it's it's marvelous, mm-hmm. it's you know, um, it's God's word. Mm-hmm. So according to the glorious gospel, which is according to which is we read the gospel and we apply it to our lives. It's according to the gospel. It's not according to whatever we feel like and whatever we think we're doing. It's according to the gospel um, of the blessed God, which is committed to my trust. So he's thankful that the Lord has committed him, committed the gospel to Paul. He's like, thank you, Lord, for, for giving me the gospel. And um, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So again, he thanks Christ. He's like, thanks for 
giving me the ministry and um, putting me into the ministry. Uh, he's counted me faithful. I think it's very, very important. He's counted me faithful. Um, it, you look at anything at life, you have to be faithful in everything that you do. And, you know, obviously we see that the Lord saw that Paul was faithful. And so he's like, Hey, let's commit the, the gospel to him. And mm-hmm. so Paul's like, sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah. Any- in the context, you know, with the next verses where he says, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor mm-hmm. and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. He's saying that the Lord, you know, because the Lord saved him, he was able to use him in the ministry and count him faithful and enable him. But of course, before he was saved, before he met the Lord on the road to Damascus, he yeah. wasn't any of those things. He didn't deserve the mercy, but God gave it to him anyway. And that's one of the amazing things about salvation is that we don't deserve it. You know, and even after we have it, we still mess up, but the Lord gives it to us anyway. And right. he still uses us in the ministry, no matter where we came from. Mm-hmm. Which is just kind of interesting to me and a blessing because it's like, as long as yeah. you're following the Lord, he's going to lead you the way you should go and he's willing to use you. And then, you know, if you keep going in verse 14, it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So there again, he's reiterating, you know, he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious, and all these things. And yet God gave him mercy. And God came into the world to save people just like him. And mm-hmm. and to save sinners, which is so amazing that the Lord is willing to do that. Because if I were God, I'd just be like, nope, lightning, you're all dead. But <laughs> he still loves us anyway, which is amazing. And he's still willing to use us. Yeah. And one thing, this is a little bit off topic, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> just thinking back to the law is that oh, what was I going to say you know it kind of reminds me of modern churches and thinking about young people in modern churches Um, I think that one reason a lot of kids are I don't know how you would want to describe it tired of church leaving church however you want to describe yeah. it is because every time there was a standard that the kid asked why do we do that it wasn't because this is what the Bible says or here's our conviction. It was because we've always done it that way. And yeah. we've always done it that way doesn't count anymore. That's following laws for the sake of following laws, not because you actually believe what you're doing. And so, right. you know, they were dealing with that back then. We're still dealing with it today. So what I would say is we need to be careful to make sure we're not doing something just for the sake of doing it, but doing something because we believe we should be doing it and be able to back it up. And, you know, there's Mm -hmm. not chapter and verse for everything, but there are principles laid out in the Bible, and the Lord does give wisdom in the way that a person should go in certain areas. So, in other words, because I said so isn't a good answer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you're younger, obviously, because I said so is, because you're not going to understand anyway, but... I think when young people see other people older than them just do it because that's what they've always done, that's not good enough anymore. So have a reason. Okay. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him 
to li- to life everlasting. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Um, I'll just read the last two. Holding yeah. faith and good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So, basically, we look at the past verses up at verse 15. Um, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, came into the world to save sinners who I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy. Okay, so Paul's saying that the Lord has given me mercy from Jesus Christ, and he has shown Paul long-suffering and patience and mercy for a pattern which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So Paul's saying the Lord did it for others to see that he is a loving and a merciful God mm-hmm. and that God does love us. You look at Paul's life and he was essentially a terrorist. He, uh, yeah. You read, you read the, the, what Paul talks about and he's dragging people out of their homes. He's putting them in prison. It's, this isn't a, Oh, we're going to walk you out. No, they're dragging them out of their houses. It, he's, he's literally a terrorist. Um, he he's beating them. You look at what they did to Stephen, and they were all terrorists. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Paul is saying here, the Lord has given me mercy. He's given me grace, and it's an example for others that might want to follow. You know my my footsteps, and he's showing that the Lord is merciful and the Lord is he's loving, which he truly is. Um, and then. Verse 17, now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever. Which I think is very important because our Lord, he deserves praise. He deserves honor and he deserves everything that he can get. Hey there, everybody. Just wanted to give you a heads up that we experienced some technical difficulties while we were recording this episode. So the next section you're going to hear is going to sound a little different and be in a little bit of a different topic because we uh, lost about a minute. But uh, other than that, it'll be great. It's good stuff. And thank you for listening. Yeah. So basically, yeah, Paul is writing Timothy and he's telling him all of this stuff, the whole chapter, the whole book. He's like, this is all for you. This is all for your edification and for your for your wisdom. So that you can fight a good warfare. And see, it's in order to fight a good warfare, you have to be prepared. And so Paul is preparing Timothy for that warfare against the devil, against lies and whatever else, you know, someone else comes up with. So you have to be prepared to fight the devil, to, you know, go to war. And, uh, the only way to do that is to get in your Bible and to read his word. You look at how Jesus fought off uh, the devil when he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights um, when he went to the wilderness. Lord, or Satan came and tried to tempt Christ three times. And every time you look at what the Lord did, he used a scripture verse. He used you know, a passage and the devil went away. So 
if the Lord did it himself, how much more should we do it as Christians? So you have to be prepared and know your Bible and read your Bible. And um, 19 says, holding faith in a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn how to blaspheme. So, what I would say is, yeah. because holding faith in a good conscience comes right after that thou might, uh, by them, mightest war good warfare. Um, and if, it's talking about the whole book in preparation for warfare, but it's also talking about holding faith in good conscience. Um, and in the context, talking about you know, and then it goes on to say, which some having put away concerning faith made shipwreck. It's interesting as we've been going through this, how many different times I've seen faith, like verse 4, uh, when it talks about um, not giving heed to fables and endless genealogies. It says, uh, rather, uh, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do, so in faith. And then you come down to, Verse 5, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith and faith. So it's faith, 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 good conscience. You know, all these things, it kind of boils down to faith and good conscience when it comes to doctrine Yeah. in this sense. And it's saying that Himenaeus, or whatever his name is, <laughs> and uh, Alexander have um, made shipwreck of this faith and of this good conscience. And yeah. so... You know, I'm not exactly sure what all delivering them over to Satan means, but we know that it's not good, obviously. And uh, it's going to teach them a lesson that, you know, teaching these fables and these wives' tales, in a sense, is kind of what it sounds like to me. Uh, Not in good faith, but just so that they can, you know, sound good and teaching the law when really the law doesn't exactly apply when it's really the gospel that saves, you know, that... What you're supposed to be doing is teaching the truth in good faith and good conscience and not just saying words that sound good. And it reminds, makes me think about us and of other people, you know, our pastors and our churches and our Sunday school teachers and those of us who put our voices on the internet and stuff. It's like we need to make sure that we're not, what we're saying is not, you know, janglings as it describes it and not in good faith and good conscience, but preaching the truth. And warring a good warfare, holding the faith and a good conscience, and doing what's right. Well, I mean, even you look at how many times Paul wrote to Timothy and said, um, in good conscience. Um, I think that, you know, you could take it this way. Um, So Paul wrote, obviously, to Timothy, and he's giving him all this information. So Timothy is supposed to read this and to study it, basically, and um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is do everything that you can in order to fight the devil in good conscience, meaning that I did everything that I could to fight the devil. And, you know, I think that's, that's what Paul's trying to say here is I'm giving you all this information. I'm giving you all this knowledge so that you can use it to your benefit so that you can use it for yourself and for the whole the whole rest of the church that you're going to go, you know, speak at or be at. And just doing as much as you can, being in the Word of God and searching it out and just knowing what it says, that right there will win the battle. Yeah. Yeah. 
It reminds me now of another thing. That's maybe a little bit off topic, so hopefully this doesn't go too long. But um, just thinking about you know fighting the devil, I think Christians are very defensive. Like, oh, you've got to make sure you have your defenses. When really, it says that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, the gates don't go out and fight. The gates are the defense. So it's our job to take the the war to the devil in a sense, you know. And if the devil can just yeah. have you penned up in your house, not doing anything for the Lord. Then he's winning. That's his offense, because yeah. we're so defensive. The best, de- the best offense, or the best defense is a good offense. We need to be taking the battle to the devil, and going out there and doing what we're supposed to do, and witnessing and seeing revival happen. That's our job as Christians, yeah. and I think it's time for us. And others like us and other people in America to get our acts together and start go doing what's right and hold the faith in a good conscience and study why we do things and not just do things because that's the way we've always done it and take the battle to the devil because the devil's winning and it's time for him to lose. Yeah. Yeah. My dad always used to say, um, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Mm -hmm. And you may have heard that before, but it's very true. Whenever, you know, you're not doing anything, <clears throat> your thoughts can wander, your everything else is you're just sitting there. <clears throat> you're waiting for something to happen. And you have to keep your mind always on the Lord. And um the the passage that Paul wrote, um <clears throat> um, I don't remember exactly where it's at, but it's like if if think on these things and it's lists a whole bunch of things. And, you know, that's what I try to think of when, you know, the devil's trying to tempt me or, you know, do something wrong. You think about something you shouldn't. I I go to that passage and think about things that are holy, things that are virtuous, things that God would be pleased with. Mm -hmm. And it's just an encouragement because Paul knows he's like, hey, I God has given me this. Like he said, God has given me this this um, responsibility. And he has obviously fulfilled that responsibility, but it's for us to read what God has given us and it's for us to search it out. And, yep. you know, I feel like this keeps coming up every episode, but it's so true. You you can't not know what's in the Bible if you don't read it. Um, so you have to just, you have to read it. And yeah, just to do all that you can do is keep your mind where it's supposed to be. Um be where you're supposed to be and you find all of that by reading the bible and i i preached a message um it was a few years ago now but um it's talking about david and how he had sinned with Bathsheba, and um in the bible it says now when the time comes when kings went out to go out to war david stayed home something to that effect i obviously paraphrased but it says when kings go out to war David was not at war. If he was at war, none of this would happen. None of that would have happened. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had to kill her husband. He wouldn't have had to cover everything up. He wouldn't have had to do any of that. And when you don't go where you're supposed to be, where God has told you to be, it messes not only your life up, but all those that are you know, involved. Right. You look at all the people that got involved with the situation of David. You look at Bathsheba. You look at his husband. You look at um uh what's his name joe not jo- yeah joab, joab. yeah the david's general yeah joab 
um, you just look at all those people because Joab technically is the one that killed mm-hmm. He made it happen. Uh, David, he got dragged or, into it. Yeah. Yeah. So you just look at, and then you look at um, the baby that died because of it. So your sin affects everyone else. It's not just you. And, you know, you just got to be where God wants you to be. It's, right. I, I know it sounds easier than it is, but it's just how it works. Um, right. It's, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be all butterflies and roses, but, <laughs> you know, you just got to stick with it. Yeah. Off of your thing, talking about whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just expanding on that a little bit is one way to discern if a thought, you know, whatever the case is, whatever the thought is, is good and holy is, you know, start out by asking, is it true? Okay, if it checks that box, go to the next question. Is it honest? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Go through that. And if it doesn't check any of the boxes or you're missing a couple, then maybe you shouldn't be dwelling on it. Because you're, the things yep. you're supposed to think of on are the things that are true, pure, honest, lovely, virtuous, of good report, praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think. I think I'm missing one. What's with you? True. What's with you? Just what's with you? What's with you? What's with you? The lovely. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, uh, and a good report. Think, think on these things. And that's just a good way to guard against your thoughts is if you're like, if you don't know, then go through the passage and, and check yourself. Anyways, yeah. that was my rant. Joe basically already said it, but we're going to call it a day. We'll see you on Friday with our five minute Friday and we'll that's talk great. to you people later. Thank you for listening to Young America. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend. And if you want to see more content from us, please check the links in the description below and consider supporting the show. God bless America.